If you can help tell a story, help talk about sustainability through your brand, then you're helping people be more sustainable. So to me, I think the world of brand licensing has got a really exciting role to play. How did SpongeBob find his way onto the NFL field? Why is Lego taking the fashion world by storm? Where did all that Baby Yoda merch come from? And why are people going crazy for Captain America pajamas? We explore what makes certain consumer products stand out above the rest, thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to season two of the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast by License Global. Hello and welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I'm Ben Roberts, content editor for Amir at License Global, and today I'm joined by Helena Mantel-Stoffer, founder of Products of Change, a new industry hub doing vital work to forward the sustainable methods in licensing and consumer products. And products is definitely a focus of today. You know, Products of Change is a body of work driving new solutions through industry think tanks. I've been lucky enough to be a part of one or two. Helena, it's good to have you on the show. And thank you for inviting me. It's really, I'm really excited to be here talking to you about this. I think just before this, we were both going over just how excited we both are. Um, I mean, let's start by talking about products of change. This is something which has come about, I mean, I want to say recently, but over the last year, well, at least come together in its its final form. Mm. Um, and you've just launched the new hub, the new member zone. But I mean, what's the core focus of the program? I mean, how did it all come about? So Products of Change was really built so we as a brand and licensing industry can start to learn how to be more sustainable and actually work together and learn from each other and look outside of our industry to see what we can learn from what other industries are doing and how we can kind of implement some of the great work that they're doing to kind of make our industry more sustainable. So that's kind of um, what we do. It started because a couple of years ago, three years ago, I was working at National Geographic and because of the type of brand that it was and just or is the work that the National Geographic Society was doing as far as um, giving out grants to explorers to go and find out how we look after the world around us. I knew that what I couldn't go and do is go and license a load of product that was kind of having an opposite effect to what they were trying to do. So then my journey started really to try and find partners that could do things a bit differently. And at the same time, I was learning about actually what we're doing to the environment through the society. And um, I was kind of oblivious before that. It's kind of, I knew that the climate change was a problem. I didn't quite know how related it is to our day to day and actually to us producing and us having sustainable consumption and production. So that's, and then, then I kind of thought, well, actually, most people that I talk to want to make the change. They just don't know how to change. Um, so that's kind of where Products of Change started, really, of getting a, a small network of people within the industry together who are interested in learning from each other and sharing best practice. And obviously, today it's a very different form to what it was when it first started. But the premise is still the same. Well, this is why I was reticent to use the word recently, because it's not just uh, a new platform and a new uh, industry hub. This is essentially the culmination of your career experience, uh, especially with National Geographic, Mm. um, which we can get onto uh, shortly. But you've also got a huge following, especially in the UK and European side of a number of pretty heavy hitters in the industry. I mean, how is it going for strength to strength? I think it's because sustainability is something that is a shared interest by everybody. And actually it takes, if it, if you're going to be sustainable, you can't be competitive in the same way that you say, well, I've got this new material. I'm going to be the only one that's got it in the marketplace. You look at Elon Musk with Tesla, the only way we're going, the only way we're going to have um, a green revolution within the world of cars is if he 
gives his technology away and that's what he's done he's open sourced his technology so all the other car manufacturers can make um electric cars therefore electric cars are the future and i think that's the difference um our industry has been very closed people tend to hide things at toy fairs it's all closed fairs but actually sustainability is a conversation that if we're going to make this huge change that we need to make we've got to come together to do that and i think that's why all these larger organizations are happy to come and share what they're doing because they know that together is the only way we're going to be able to achieve this well that's i think that's what makes products of change quite so special because it is that meeting place for that community Mm. Um, it's that kind of driving brand for all of these people who want to share open source ideas and innovations and solutions and again just going back to the term recently i mean you say people weren't necessarily aware of what they could do and it's understandable i mean climate change only really became a topic i think it was i did a little bit of research it was like Mm. 1987 was the first time it was even mentioned Mm which means we've gone from like hard plastic toys and the label slapping of the yesteryears to all the way through product innovation. And now we're in this kind of stage of product design and designing out issues as it yeah. were. How would you describe the current context of, of our industry of consumer products, licensing? And- I think we're at the very beginning of our journey. I think the great thing is a lot of people are now saying we want to achieve carbon neutrality by this date or we want to remove all of our single use plastics or we're going to look at our box size and reduce any waste or we're going to design out waste in production. And it's great that people are starting to look at that. There aren't many that are fully doing it. And I think that's just because many people are just at the beginning of of that journey. And even if you just look outside of brand licensing at companies like Unilever that have been driving sustainable change for over a decade, even they don't have it across everything that they do do so they're on a journey so so you know we're all on this journey together um and actually the brand and licensing industry is, is at the beginning of that journey actually it's ridiculously exciting because brand licensing does touch all categories of product mm. away from apparel which i know is i i'm reticent to say it's leading the way in sustainability but it's definitely more in the market and it's more in the news for its sustainable uh, collaborations a lot of brands have deadlines and dates attached Mm. to their sustainability commitments i know brands like lego have put a huge amount of investment into their sustainability i know adidas recently came out and said that they would be uh, they would use 60 percent of all materials in their products would be uh, sustainable by 2021 Mm. so are you seeing these dates kind of getting pushed back like what are the major strides that you're seeing happening at the moment I think if you go a couple of years down the road, people were definitely kicking the can down the road, thinking that somebody will, some clever technology will come along in the future to save us. And I think what we've what we've understood is that there's lots of amazing technology out there, but we don't need revolutionary technology to come along and save us. We just need to kind of break um, the life cycle of your product down and look at where you can be, where are your efficiencies and where can you be more sustainable. And if you look at the world of brand licensing, there's some, uh, there's some companies out there that are doing some really great stuff. And a lot of the stuff is really basic. So you look at um, you look at Lego, for example, like you just said, you know, they've um, they've produced a guide where they're reducing their box sizes because actually who wants to pay to ship air? I mean, where does that make business sense to pay to ship air? <laughs> doesn't make sense. And we know consumer mindset is changing. So now if you get a box that's got a lot of air in it, a consumer is saying, well, what a waste of money. As before, it was perceived as value. So I think actually consumer's mindset is changing. And actually, I think we just need to look at how much does that air cost? Can we do things differently? How do we rewrite and look at how we produce things in a totally different way if the rules weren't there? And are there efficiencies? That, and there are. I think that it's really interesting to bring in the consumer mindset because 
it's it sounds completely ridiculous but i remember being blown away when i learned that i think it was a company like i won't say who just for like legal reasons but it was a <laughs> toilet paper company and they had reduced the amount of space that their loo rolls took up in a lorry because they made the insides piece of cardboard a bit smaller yeah, yeah. and for me it's that connection of good design and as you say what was once perceived to be value is kind of perceived to now be a bit genius when it comes mm. to sustainability from the consumer point of view. Yes. What are some of the other kind of major strides that you've seen? I know we had in Nuremberg last year, there was a big furore about the um, bioplastics that mm. were coming. I mean, what are you seeing at the moment and how much further do you think we need to go to really make an impact? I mean, there are there's a lot coming out on bioplastics and biodegradable plastics that area of the market isn't regulated yet. So, um, for example, um, a sugarcane plastic is a byproduct of growing sugar. That's great because you're making a plastic from the waste. If you then start growing sugarcane to make plastic and it doesn't become uh, a waste product, then, you know, are we better off growing sugar to feed people or sugar to make plastic? So I think until that whole area gets regulated, I think it's quite hard to say what is the right and wrong thing to do. It's better than a virgin plastic, of course. And I think that's what we need to do is this is better than what it is. Tomorrow there'll be there'll be an even better solution to what it is today. So it's going to be a journey that we keep going to and revising over the next 10 years it's not like the solution that we find today is going to be there for the next 50 years and we can carry on as we have been doing with manufacturing processes that have probably been there for 100 years it's actually we're in the fourth industrial revolution things are going to change quite dramatically over the next 10 years even and so it's just something that people are going to have to keep going to as new um, products become available and even recycled plastics or recycled plastic is better than a virgin sugarcane plastic because it's not a virgin material you're recycling something but then we need the recycling infrastructures to be in place to enable that material to come back into making another product again so it's it's not it's not the easiest thing to unpick but there are lots of solutions out there to enable you to at least start that journey i think most of the time um the reports i read is that consumers look to brands for solutions from anything from their everyday lives to issues like sustainability so you've touched on a really interesting point that is regulation. So we can wax lyrical about the designing out the issues, the little genius moments that certain brands have, but at the core of it, there is regulation required. There is government mm. assistance required. There's benchmarks that need to be set. What are the real obstacles that are currently in the way of sustainability from a product point of view? So if you look at, well, first of all, you know, the UK is coming out of Europe. So suddenly, as well as Europe being separate to Asia, being separate to the US. So that just brings in a load of issues that we're seeing already even with transportation and the cost of shipping. I mean, that's not sustainable, is it, for your shipping costs to be 10 times more expensive? So therefore, is it more, more cheaper to make in Europe than it is Asia now if shipping is going to continue to increase? Who knows? That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But I think when, um, kind of when you start looking at regulation, Government has to make regulations to make people make change. So, for example, in the UK, we've got a new um, packaging law that's coming into effect in April 22, where 30% of your packaging has to be made from recycled um, plastic. And if it's not, you'll be taxed on that virgin plastic. So that's good because it makes people look at how they um, look at using a recycled material. The reason why they've had to put it two years in advance is because at the minute, the infrastructure isn't there to make sure that there's enough recycled plastic to actually 
deliver on the demand of the need for all of that recycled plastic. So that's kind of why there's a lag. So actually, when you start and you talk to kind of rate waste management companies and material specialists, there's a lot of there's a lot happening in the area now on the plastic side to see how we can get more um, recycled good grade plastic into the market to enable us to make those new products put from that recycled material. And the same with Europe. So Europe has got the European Green Deal, which is a huge ambitious plan um, to build in the circular economy to everything that we do. So we don't have a take, make, waste society, which is a linear, that actually everything comes back and is regenerative, a bit like nature. So, you know, the leaf falls from the tree, it goes on the ground, you know all the nutrients go into the ground grows the next whatever it is and the same with the circular economy here so if you can find a way to bring all of your waste product back into the loop and make something from it then we then have a regenerative society which means that our impact on the planet um is obviously not as it is today so i mean it segues nicely into the next point really i mean obviously we're <laughs> we're recording this <laughs> in the uk's what third lockdown yeah <laughs> which as we all know is exhausting it's very emotionally tiring um for a lot of people a particular certain subsect of people mm. but do you think that this covid pandemic the lockdowns and speaking to the uk specifically has affected our view on sustainability has it increased our worldly knowledge like okay well you know this is a sign we need to do something or mm. has it detracted from that where we're now looking at essentials where we're now looking I don't know, our view of purchasing has completely changed. I think so much has changed over the last year. I think people have become more aware of nature, definitely, just because they're spending more time in nature. So you spend time doing something, you're aware of it, you care for it. And so I think people are more aware of that, especially for children and our health and our well-being. And I also think a lot of people have realised just how reliant we were in a system that might not necessarily have worked for us but you keep going because it's just the way things are so again if you go back to shipping it's kind of yes all the issues are now happening because of Brexit and because of knock-on effect of Covid and all of that but at the same time what it's made us realise is how reliant we are on other markets so even with having to get PPE it's like there's probably plenty of places in the UK that could have made all of that we don't have to ship it halfway across the world but actually the UK government hadn't put the right tax incentives in place to enable us to do more British manufacturing. There's so many regulations that we have. We're happy to buy from other markets that don't have the regulations that we have because we want it to be cheaper. But it's kind of juxtaposed, isn't it? It's kind of one rule here, but we're happy to ship it in, even if it doesn't abide by our rules. It's crazy. And actually what I've seen with a lot of partners that are now looking at whether they can manufacture in Europe um, and actually whether they can manufacture in the UK because they've got a lot, a lot more control on their stock. You've not got stock stuck in places, which obviously is unsustainable anyway for the bank as well as for the planet. You know, it's finance comes into it as well. Um, and it means that you have um, a lot more control on, I think, with the increase in online retail and just how um, instant people require things or respect things actually if you're built if you're manufacturing locally you can service that demand much quicker it's true i mean i think going back to brand licensing in particular when all of this happened you mentioned ppe and how all of the cheap disposable surgical masks and protective masks were coming in uh, on a consumer front just so people could go to the shops that's naturally and rapidly changed mm. to uh, it went through the phase of people like brands like Barber, Gucci manufacturing stuff to actually just help out the shortage in hospitals. To now, I'm seeing stories of like mask vending machines. There's <laughs> a lot of brand licensing products, but a lot of them are reusable products. Yeah. Um, now, whether or not 
that's uh, great for washing machine usage or, you know, I imagine removing disposable plastic masks from, you know, the floors of which I've seen them, which is very upsetting, but yeah. it's another one of those situations where brand licensing actually helped, um, you know, building on from like bamboo cups and, um, yeah. and things like that. So I do think that this pandemic has, it's changed consumer opinion, but again, it just goes back to brand. Brand has helped in my point of view. Totally. Well, brands have a voice and that voice, connects directly to the consumer so if you can help tell a story help build a piece of knowledge help talk about sustainability through your brand then you're helping people be more sustainable because you're educating them through your brand so to me I think the world of brand licensing um, it's got really exciting role to play actually in a green recovery in in the future of how you know the future of shopping and how we shop how we communicate the kind of products that we bring to market I just think there's so much in there that actually our industry could lead just because of the voices that we have within the brands that we operate in the industry. Again, and then going back to the voices that we have, um, just bringing products of change into it, there is now um, sort of like a leadership team in the UK Mm. brand licensing industry that gathers under a Zoom meeting with you (laughs) and there's lots of discussions going on. I mean, what are the, the, the exciting points that are you seeing coming out of this? Maybe things that you hadn't even really thought about. Yeah, so so we've got a couple of work streams. So we have our ambassadors, um, which um are an amazing group of people that will help lead a conversation. So we'll have somebody leading a fashion conversation, toy conversation, a carbon neutrality conversation. There's 11 ambassadors in all. And we've got somebody in Spain and somebody in the US as well. And on top of leading that category information where they'll um, share what's happening within that category. And then people can kind of take that information back to the business and look at how they can use that to implement change or go and talk to them about supplying of a certain material. Or just ask questions of, I don't know, um, does anybody, has anybody got an option for a supply that can provide me with a non-plastic Kimball? And someone go, yeah, yeah, I've got somebody there and then they'll share that. All the way through to us having some work streams where we're looking at how we gain parity in our licensing agreements on the legal side of things. So rather than all of the licensors figuring out what they want their sustainability language to be within the licensing agreement how about we all come together and we kind of create the same language that we all use because we're all working with the same licensee base and the same retailers so let's kind of put together a set of guidelines that we all adhere to which means the industry enables the industry to be more sustainable because it stops you know it stops somebody saying well I can't do that because so-and-so has requested I do this and now I can't do that it just takes the complexity out of them being able to be more sustainable I, I think that's the fascinating thing for me is because what you're actually doing is you're weaving sustainability language, sustainability expectations, or just what should be standards mm. into the DNA of the industry using these ambassadors and educating um, via a trickle down effect, essentially. You yeah. use leaders to lead by example, and therefore that will affect change. Now, obviously, we're largely speaking about the UK industry here. Um, but sticking with that, I mean, let's say some brands listening to this aren't necessarily hitting the sustainability markers that they want to be hitting right now. I mean, where should businesses be by this date? Or, you know, what should businesses be doing to kind of get up to par so they can start thinking about what's next? I think there's some really simple things that you can do. 
and go go run your business on green energy why pay for fossil fuel when actually energy from the sun is cheaper so even just a simple thing like changing your energy supplier having a meter fitted so you can see how much energy you're using if you're a retailer or you're a big manufacturer there are dependent on the government um there are actually tax benefits that you can get for doing things um for for example green energy all the way down to smart lighting all the way down to how you're printing in the office what you're printing on the kind of inks that you're using the paper that you're using what you know big companies when we do go back into an office you know there's companies that will come and take away um all of the 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 coffee beans that have been ground down and they send them and they make them into coffee logs that go into log burners and actually they burn better than wood and so there's there's all of these things that you can connect together which actually you can be sustainable before you even get to the product piece and then you look at the product piece and then there's a whole other load of levels that you can that you can pull into that as well that's amazing. I didn't know about coffee logs. Why would you burn a tree when you can burn waste from making coffee? That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's throwing me off track. Um, all right. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's the UK kind of side of life. Globally, what are your hopes for products of change? I mean, obviously, you've got a strong presence in the UK. You've got strong presence in Europe. You said you had someone in Spain and the US. Yeah. How are you looking to expand that? Because obviously, climate change is a global issue. Yeah. So our plan would be that we would have an ambassador in each market. And what that ambassador would do is what we're doing in the UK is that they would bring together the collective in that market and share best practice. Because, yes, um, sustainability is a global issue, but actually there's some really interesting local elements that are happening locally. So, for example, Barcelona is, is a hotbed for sustainability. There's loads of amazing stuff and innovations that are coming out of Barcelona. So let's let's talk to that Spanish team and see how we can bring some of those back to the whole group. And then do we look at how we learn from that globally? So it's kind of global local. Um, and so that's going to be the next few months is now going to be how do we um, reach out and have ambassadors in all the markets that have meetings in all the markets. So we connect on the global platform to talk about category and global issues. And then locally, we look at how people work together to drive that change. So that also brings in another valid point, which is um, talent. So, I mean, there's a lot of talk about designing out certain issues within procedures, materials. Yeah. Have. But the more regions that you can affect uh, that trickle down uh, can then bring in more certain talented regions whether it's in science uh, consumer production mm. uh, just simple product design um, I mean I know you work with uh, Central St Martins as well so I mean yeah. how is kind of inspiring this younger generation actually quite a vital part of what you're doing totally well when you look at the, the latest data, so 85% of millennials say it's important for companies to do the right thing when it comes to sustainability. So actually, they're choosing joining a company, not to have the prestige of being with that company, but actually what is the company doing that aligns with um, what, how they want to live their life. So it's a little bit different to how, how I went and got my first job. Um, so and, and they expect companies to be responsible. So you think that's the next generation. And actually... They're a generation that sees the world differently. You know, when you, when you look at where we're going to be in 2050, if you read all the science, it's scary. So you try not to read the science and you try just to do things on a daily basis to try and make a difference. Because in a way, in 50 years' time, I'm not going to be here. Um, but the next generation will be, and it will be their adult life. And that, and they they know that the change needs to happen now for actually them to live the life that we're living now. Otherwise, 
everything that we're seeing with forest fires and all the climate change and it becomes a world um, that's unpredictable and it's really hard to run business in a world that's unpredictable. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, even this morning, climate change factors were worked into the local weather reports. Yeah. <laughs> which is terrifying. But again, it's all part of that climate change coming to the fore and affecting our everyday lives. And we need to be informed as consumers, yeah. as professionals, even within the industry itself, we need to be informed. And I think products of change is a very important part of that. And frankly, I'm extremely excited to see what you guys are working on next, um, how I can help, how everyone can help. And hopefully this this podcast is a small, small slither of that and kind of building that awareness. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today. It's, it's been a genuine pleasure. No, thank you. It's like, I love having these conversations. And to me, even if even if one person takes one thing from this and then goes to work or goes home and they, and they just change one thing, you know, there's a lot of us on this planet. If we all do that one thing, it makes a massive difference. So it's, you know, for me, I just say, you know, start with that one simple step and it just takes you to where you want to be. And thank you very, very much. Thank you very much, Eleanor. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> As always, the Licensed Global team wants to hear from you. Get in touch with us at news at licenseglobal.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook to leave your thoughts or just to stay in the loop with the latest news. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us on whichever platform you found us on and we'll be hard at work bringing you more episodes of the Licensing Mixtape. Until then, we'll catch you next time.